2: Ding, ding. Got it. Oh, my great effort that time as Peek gets the touchdown catch
0: from Teddy Bridgewater. What a throw, guys. What a throw. And how good does that feel after the last two years for Teddy? Teddy Bridgewater looked great in training camp this summer, and there were many people who felt that he could be a starting-caliber quarterback, and the Saints obviously are poised to win This year they are taking steps to ensure that position. All right,
3: we're back at the State Fair. The show is Mackie and Judd, nine to one. Uh, once again, we have an array, a different array of people, including f- former people from the station off the station right now, <laughs> who are enjoying a corn dog. Hi, Mike Grimm. How are you? In a stunning upset, he's already down. You with know, corn don't dog, you? Though. Don't you have to be sleeping and preparing for tonight? Your copious notes, your depth charts. Don't you have to be telling me exactly what's going on when it's thirty-five rip gophers or something like that? All right. All right. <laughs> Okay. Uh, So the show is back, and judge, just to set things up. Doogie uh, from Channel 5 in with me for the first two hours. Manny Hill then from 11 to 1. Chip Scoggins as well, making his weekly 9 to 10 appearance. Uh, We are going to get to go for football, gentlemen, in one second, but want to start here. Teddy Bridgewater yesterday uh, traded, not surprisingly, from the Jets to the Saints. A sixth-round pick goes from the Jets to the Saints as well. A third-round pick. Uh, goes from the Saints to the Jets. Sam Darnold, the rookie quarterback from USC, will start for New York. Uh, Do you guys like this or not? Because I can see both sides. The one side that I can see is that if you're Teddy under a one-year contract, you're going to a place where unless Drew Brees breaks his leg, you're not going to play. But the one thing that I do see is if you're the Saints, Drew Brees is 39. He just signed a two-year contract, but he is obviously getting near the end at some point here. And Teddy Bridgewater, long-term, if you can convince him, might fit into this offense absolutely perfectly if he stays, which is a big if.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting from the Saints' perspective. And I don't know if this is for them. Security with a guy that you trust probably. Um, he's a good backup on a team that probably feels like a lot like uh, the Vikings doing. Uh, hey, we're a Super Bowl-type team. We're built to win now. Um, and so they're, they're probably looking at it as, hey, we can get a, a quality backup. And – we can get a look at him for a year or two years while, while Breeze is still playing to see if, hey, he might be the long-term answer going forward. Teddy, I guess for him, you know, it's it's you're in a situation where if Breeze did get hurt, you are on a really good team and you have a chance to go far in the playoffs. I know when he left here, his whole thought process is, I want to be a starter. He probably thought he was going to be that uh, in New York, and then, you know, they draft Sam Darnold. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, you know. I think it's smart on the Saints' behalf. I think the thing that probably surprised me is the third-round pick because there's still, you know, there's still some questions about what kind of player is he going to be. You know, how's his health? How's it he going to hold up? Third-round pick is a pretty high price tag for that.
2: I agree. I mean, that suggests to me that there was a market for him. It wasn't just New Orleans bidding for his services. I mean, you think about, you know, Taylor going from Buffalo to Cleveland earlier. You know, in the off season, I guess it would have been. That was a third-round pick. You think about a year, year and a half, two years ago, whenever the Browns paid a pretty hefty price in terms of taking on Brock Osweiler's salary from Houston. They did get a second-round pick, but they took on about $17 million. So you think about the Jets paying a total of $1 million. Now, Teddy's contract, for all intents and purposes, would have become just about fully guaranteed if he was on the Jets' roster opening day at about what six million six dollars million. total but their Correct. their full investment, yeah, one million dollars now you gave up a six, but to get back a third, uh huh, that is an incredible return. So I'm curious to find out what other teams were bidding for his services. I also say this because I like Teddy personally. Yeah. You think about it. Two years ago today. I know. Today Great just today Yes, oh, this it is wow. the 2-year anniversary and it's, a-
3: and it's a great story because of how far I, this they weren't BSing us when they said that there was initial concern he was going to lose that leg. I agree. Mm-hmm. So like this was not mm-hmm. a this was not an unfortunate ACL tear and oh he'll play again. This was a this was if not for the quick actions of the uh, athletic training staff and doctors there, this kid could have lost his leg. And so for him to be back now 2 years later to command a third-round pick Good for him. It's yeah. a great story, and he is one of the rare guys that I actually am am rooting for. I hope he does well. well I I hope because you know ordinarily guys leave, and it's not it's not that you don't care about them, but you know if Case Keenum's good, that's great. If he's not, I don't really care. Yeah. But with what Bridgewater endured and how he was loved by that team and that coach, you he's definitely a guy who you say I hope he does well.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. It sounds like from the reports. He kind of made that impact in a short time in New York too that all of his teammates he was universally loved in that locker room too I mean, he's just that type of guy right i mean he's yes if if you're around him for five minutes you you see why uh players gravitate to him and like him, so you know hopefully at some point he gets a shot to be a, a quarterback again a starting quarterback. I don't know you know when that'll happen you it, take I do here, but
3: jacksonville and if the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't offer a third round pick too, they they're crazy. The Two two of the three Florida teams, if not all three, should be trying to get this kid home next March, right? Mm. Jacksonville. Blaine Gabbert's not the guy. Jameis Winston. Yeah, ser- Bortles. Yeah. Serious yeah. questions. Bortles, yeah. yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. Gabbert, too. <laughs> He's not either.
0: <laughs> Gabbert, Blood too. They're the same. They're yeah, basically yeah. the same guy. Yeah.
3: So, yeah. Bortles and Jacksonville, not the guy. Jameis Winston, question marks. Tannehill with the Dolphins might be okay, but we don't know. But I think that come next March, there is a good chance that all three of those Florida teams at least reach out to Teddy. And Jacksonville, to me, if they didn't do it now, they're crazy. It'll be interesting to see
1: what his market is because let's assume uh, Breeze stays healthy and and, and Teddy doesn't play. I can imagine the questions are still going to be there, right? The long-term questions. I would think so, but but then New Orleans has
2: the book on him. Does New Orleans convince him? Okay. And under your scenario, okay, so Drew plays the full year, 39 years old. He signed a two-year deal. So Drew Brees then, under your scenario, is more than likely the New Orleans starting quarterback in 2019. But could you convince Teddy to re-sign with some sort of verbal assurance that, hey, we think you are the guy starting in 2020? Could be.
1: Could be. Yeah, and and it's funny. You keep thinking – you know, forty. This guy's going to hit a cliff. Well, he didn't look like he's going to hit a cliff against the Vikings. You know? No, I know. So I know. And I it, mean, it's, it's eventually remar- going to happen. It's remarkable, though. It's eventually right. going to happen. But but you're right, Dukes. I mean, it it might be one of those things that just get them in their in their program in their organization. See what Breeze is like the next year, to maybe two years, and then if you feel like Teddy's your guy, then you could say, hey, you're our long term answer here.
0: Uh,
3: but Chip, to your to your point about a relatively high draft pick being traded for a quarterback who we still aren't positive about boys doesn't this speak to that position just Ooh. the just the desperate need and desire and and I really think now and this is where this is where the Vikings I, I think in the last 2 years since uh, Teddy went down have definitely altered their own mindset I really think now that if you think that you're a Super Bowl team you do your damnedest to have a good backup. So it's no longer like, well, we got Drew Brees, and and we're fine. The Saints for years have been like, well, we got Drew Brees, and then nothing. And and I think the Vikings lesson came with Sean Hill. You couldn't play him. I mean, he couldn't play. So I think, Chip, they traded a third-round draft pick, because now you feel if we are a Super Bowl team, God forbid our starter gets hurt, we have to have not just an okay quarterback, but a Pretty good one to to uh, put in there.
1: One hundred percent. And we, like you said, we saw it with the Vikings with with Sam Bradford. I mean, that team was built to win out. They couldn't just say, "Well, we're going to punt on this season because we don't have a quarterback." They had to go make that trade. You now you can people argued about it, but it's like that team was built to win. You could not just you know put anybody in there at quarterback. And I think that's what New Orleans' mindset is probably with this: is th- this team is built to get to the Super Bowl, and if something, God forbid, happened to Drew Brees. We have to have a quality backup right there that can just slide in, and, and you feel reasonably comfortable. Didn't with.
2: they think they had it with Tom Savage? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Judd. You might
3: know better than me, but when yeah, I don't think he's... the Vikings were looking for a
1: quarterback.
3: Yeah. Well, Savage was one well, of the guys they called on, and, and and when it comes to Simeon now, I don't know. I like the fact he started. I, I give the Vikings credit for this. At least the last two years, they've gone out, and, and obviously, Case was, was way bit better than all of us could have possibly expected in our wildest dreams. But the last two years since the Sean Hill debacle, they have at least gone out and gotten a starter of some sort mm-hmm. who's got that, that experience. Simeon in training camp has not looked great, but it's training camp. But I really do think that if you're now a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, I mean, perfect example. And and I don't know that a quarterback would have saved their uh, 2017 season, but it was the Packers right? And that defense I think was bad enough that it, that if you didn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback, they were pretty much sunk. But you go from Rogers to Brett Hundley, yeah, that was hard to watch. Well. I mean, look at the
1: Super Bowl winner last year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're right. You in, fall, exactly. Nobody thought that. I mean, when you, the first couple weeks when he got in there, people were like, oh, this is disastrous. But then, it, you know, it clicked, and yep. they built the, the game plan around him, and, you know, he's the Super Bowl MVP. Correct, now in Hunley, Seattle must have some
2: sort of opinion of him.
3: With Seattle's not going to be any good. I don't think Seattle cares that oh, much. I don't know about that. I, I think they're going to be bad. Hmm. I, I, think, really? I think Russell Wilson will win them five to seven games, but that defense is going to take a step back. They've got injuries. That offensive line has never been been addressed. I mean, if if you want to dump on the Vikings, Seattle's offensive line has always seems to be like this whole thing of well, we'll piece it together, which is folly. I think Seattle's going to take a big step back. And I think they might get Wilson. I think they're right in that wild card mix. I don't know if they win the
1: NFC West. I I don't think they're a child. I love Russell Wilson. I do, too. I I But he's going to win a couple games that they're probably not supposed to win.
3: But keep in mind, for a long time, it it was Wilson, a really efficient offense, with the line being leaky, and then a great defense. That great defense now has really been picked apart. So, But... I do think if you look at the teams that we expect to be the top teams, the really smart ones, go out and get a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and it, might, it might be a slightly older guy, but it's a guy who has starting experience who you, who you trust to at least play. Now, I think the trust is if the guy has to go in and do it, Case did, all yeah, bets are off. Yeah. But my whole thing has been, can you win three games? Like, if my quarterback gets hurt, can I put a guy in, can you win two or three games, three mm-hmm. or four games? And. My favorite Sean Hill thing of all time was he beat the Titans on opening day that, that year before Bradford was set, and the next week, if you guys recall, he went on the injury report. Nothing had happened to him. He was tired. It was basically age. <laughs> it was age That's retirement. Right. Home. Yeah. All right, James, let's move to the next thing.
1: But uh, one thing I know, they're a dangerous football team. You know, especially last year, and you can tell their defense. Um, you know, they were they were on the field a long time yesterday. Uh, but there everybody. everybody's back from last year for the most part. Uh, then you look offensively, they got to replace some
0: key pieces. So, um, you know, that's what we've, we took from last night.
3: New Mexico State, boys, <laughs> quaking in my boots. I, I actually stayed up. I football geeked out on Saturday night and stayed up and watched a part of the Wyoming game, correct, against New Mexico State. Um, I'm going to go ahead and chalk this one up as a W, realizing that I believe in Jerry Kill's first home game, that New Mexico State came here and won that game, if I'm correct yep. on that one. But nonetheless, I'm going to go ahead and say that the uh, the Flectonians get off to a one and zero start tonight.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I mean, based on the way we what, the way they looked the other night, where they couldn't even cross midfield, I mean, what they rushed for is it was ridiculous. And it, I mean, it you know, I knowing all the freshmen they have, you're starting a true freshman quarterback, all the freshmen all over the field. This still should be one that you uh, run away with. You know what, though? The 17.5
2: points, to me, is a logical point spread. Like, I think it's about a 17-point game tonight. The Gophers, yes, win. They win by three scores. But do they win by 17? Do they win by 21? Do they win by 24? But, yeah, I mean, New Mexico State... Didn't cross the fifty yard line. How does that? Until about two how minutes left happen? in the fourth yeah, quarter
3: on Saturday. How, how are you? How are you that bad against a team that at least I would think that you should be able to compete against? Right. Well, Craig Ball's done a good job at right. Wyoming, but yes, in I mean i compete
2: in your stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you should have had some level of competitiveness to you. Then they have to travel short week, so they play late Saturday. Okay. By the time that game ends, yeah, you're right. You're sleeping in Sunday. How much preparation did you really get in on Sunday? Then you're hopping on an airplane Wednesday to come play here tonight. Best of luck, New Mexico State. The Gophers do win. I would be shocked if they don't. I'm more curious about one week from Saturday. Yeah, Chip and I were talking about that on our walk over from from the shuttle bus. Fresno State, year after year generally has competitive teams. Fresno State comes here a week from Saturday. Can the Gophers win that game? Because if you're talking about a path to six victories, I think you need to beat Fresno yeah. State.
1: Yeah, that I have them at six wins beating Fresno. To me, right now, without having seen the Gophers and seeing kind of all these new guys, I think that's a flip of the coin. Jed Tef- Jeff Tedford. Yeah, Jeff Tedford. Established coach. Is Jeff, I mean, a Jed Tef- Je- Jeff Tedford offense is going to be tough to defense. I mean, he's... You know, he's known for his offenses. Yep. And, and they won ten games last year, I think. Nine or ten fresco. I mean they've had good runs, they've they really, produced
2: NFL players. They were
1: really bad, right? And then Tedford yeah. took over and, and he's a good coach. Gone, I mean they've he's
3: gone up. Now now he he was in Tampa as O C briefly, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't the Buccaneers hire him yeah. as was in Tampa yeah. He was and in the and NFL. then he had like a heart yeah. condition. and then he had a yeah. heart condition after and then he- Cal
1: he went to the NFL okay. for a while. But you know mean he had those great teams at Cal with Marshawn Lynch and and uh, Deshaun Jackson, right? Was it, that, that that was the team? The did he coach the, the team that, yeah. that beat Mace? Yeah, I think where, that was the team where, where Patrick didn't. Where Patrick
3: was very upset that the locker room wouldn't open, yeah. and Mrs. Mason was right behind him as he as he aired his complaints against the Gopher football program. Once again, ingratiating himself to a fan base that already hates all of us. Uh, let's come back and uh, talk more about uh, PJ Flex team, including getting into our predictions for the season, records, and all that good stuff. It's Judd, it's Doogie, it's Chip for Hour 1 of Mackey and Judd from the Minnesota State Fair.
0: Don't go anywhere. More Mackey and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. All right, back from uh, the Minnesota
3: State Fair, it's uh, Judd, Doogie, at Chip and StarTribune, Champion, starchbean.com uh, James Murphy running things back in uh, studio. Intern Max out here as well. All right, let's get back to uh, the subject at hand The Gopher football program. And uh, so I posted something on 1500ESPN.com last night. And Chip, you had a season setup column today yourself in in the Star Tribune. And I think we all agree here at this table that a year ago at this time, and this is not insinuating that Gopher football was huge, but a year ago at this time, P.J. Fleck was new. Uh, His enthusiasm for some was certainly infectious. I felt that the program was being uh, talked about. I sense and and I got some immediate feedback on Twitter last night, which is not surprising from Gopher fans. But gentlemen, I uh, I sense zero buzz this year, zero.
1: Yeah, I, certainly not what it was last year, and I just don't feel, you know, that a lot of people are talking about it now. That, the diehards are always going to talk about the Gopher holders; they're right. going to talk about it. But just you know, in random conversations out here, or with you know, family members or your neighbors. I mean, no one's really asking. Hey, what do you think about the Gophers? It's what about Cousins? How about the offensive line? You think they can go to the Super Bowl? It's you know, and part of that's always going to be the Vikings. It's the Vikings' town, but I think based on what they did last year, getting Cousins, all these moves, the thought that this is a Super Bowl team, just kind of swept up, you know, uh, this town. And then also, I do think the way they finished last year, losing those last two games, seventy to nothing. Whether it's fair or not, and it, you have to look at that roster, and that roster did not have enough Big Ten players, obvious caliber players. But I think that you know a lot of people said, "Well, here we go again." And these are the casual people. I'm not talking about the diehards. The diehards are always going to be there. I'm talking about the casual people that just kind of, you know, casually paying attention. Um, they're saying, "Well, here we go again." And so, I you know, you know me in college football. I'm excited. Yeah. Today's my Christmas uh, morning, and and. and I'm curious about this team. I really am. I'm curious to see Zach Anikstad play. I'm curious to see Bateman play and all these, you know, see Antoine Winfield Jr. back out there, all these young guys. And so to me, there's a, there's a definite curiosity factor with this team. Um, but I'm, a diehard college football fan, too.
2: So. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. Now, last Saturday wasn't your Christmas morning with Hawaii, Colorado yeah, State, New Mexico State, and, and the household. Yeah, that, that's a soft <laughs> launch
1: there. This is, the, this is the real deal. Yeah,
2: no, this is the real deal. Yeah, I mean, some games tonight, and then definitely this weekend oh, with Michigan-Notre Dame and LSU-Miami. Yeah, I mean, this weekend Auburn, will be Washington, yeah. will be a ton of fun, no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's little buzz right now. Now, think about the lasting impression. Their last two games last year. Northwestern and Wisconsin, they lose by a combined score of 70, 70 to nothing. Yeah, And we hear Fleck, and he's not lying, but you hear him every single news conference, every single opportunity, talk about how they are the youngest team in the country. So if you are one of those non-diehards, right, you want to have a reason to pay attention. If you keep hearing him talk about how young they are, yes, talented, I'm with you, Bateman, I mean, Georgia offers Bateman last second. Yeah. The University of Georgia, his home state school offers him. He tells them no to be a golfer. So I think they have some good young players. That's just one example. But when you keep hearing Fleck talk about how young they are, I get it why you wouldn't necessarily be excited heading into tonight. To me, they need to come up with some sort of signature win early in the season. I don't think Fresno State qualifies. Is it simply you know winning at Maryland in the Big Ten opener? Uh, I don't I, know if don't that know. does st- enough.
3: stop you? At some point, you need to two, come up with a signature win. I don't, I don't think it's this year. I don't. It think, may not.
1: I don't be. think that wins this year. Probably not. Because I mean, when you're talking about signature win. It's
0: not winning at Maryland. <laughs> so it would almost. I mean, it's like beating you're right. That constant, would not beating, be. Yeah. Just Ohio State. A statement win. Yeah. Not gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly. I mean, you're not beating Ohio State either. So yeah, I mean, unlikely I that, that it comes sure. this
3: year. I mean, would Iowa qualify?
1: Because it's,
2: it's a rivalry you know, game. It yeah. or it's your 1B
3: rivalry game. It'd be an it's important th- game. That would be a very nice win. Yeah. But I think as far as what you're talking about, I think, I think what you're saying in this sense, and I don't think that this uh, transpires in 2018, I think you're saying the signature win for Fleck is a corner-turning win. So, like, you're like, oh, oh, that really stops me. That turns a corner for this program. And, and I think that needs to come in 2000 or if it's going to come. It's going to
1: come in 2019, probably. You know, I wrote this today, Judd, and every every coach, every season is going to be based on wins and losses, and that's always going to be true. And I don't want to make excuses for whatever this season goes. But to me, when you're this young, and people can say, oh, "Roller eyes and say it's an excuse," no, it's reality. I and mean, when you, they literally have the youngest team in college football. Um, things that I, I, I'm, you know, that matter to me is does an dead. Improve? Are they more competitive so they're not losing 70 to nothing yeah. the last two games? Are they more competitive with the big teams? Are the are the young players that – the Batemans, um, the Ottman-Bells, Douglas, can they transfer what we think on paper – these guys look good, they look talented. Can they transfer that and show it on the field? I mean, so those things, yeah, you know, you're going to be disappointed with losses. But if the, if the team is competitive and, and these young guys are growing and you can see them improving – I think if you're realistic and rational about it, you'll say, "Okay, I can see where this is going. I can see that it's on the right trajectory. The win-loss record is not what it should be, not what it wants to be. But are they? If, if you're being realistic, are they going to go to Ohio State and win? No,
0: mm-hmm. not
1: not yet. And so those are things I think people should probably be looking at too. I mean,
2: I just want to see some semblance of a passing game.
1: Hmm. And
2: you laid out some of the individuals, but just the totality of the passing game. you know. So that's on Danell Green, the left tackle, and the rest of the offensive line to block. And yeah, some of the individuals you laid out at wide receiver, including Tyler Johnson, yeah. who to me is, is an all-conference type player. But yeah, then Zach that needs to deliver the ball. So a semblance of a passing game. We didn't see any semblance of a passing game no. last year. Then a semblance of a pass rush. Mm-hmm. They did not have a pass rush last yeah. year. And yeah. I think they got some guys. So I actually think they have a chance... I told you this. Was I in with you or Phil in the last few weeks? Who knows these days? This was a wild statement. Seriously. Make question. sure you're rolling on this. But I actually think they have a chance next year, maybe more so in 2020, uh-huh. to compete for a Big Ten West championship. That's how much I believe in some of these young guys and talking to enough people over there, doing my homework. And you look at just look at the other offers these kids had. Yeah. They beat out some big time schools for these kids. So I think when these kids are in the program. For a couple of years, they have a realistic chance to really compete in a couple of years. Oh, so you're
1: saying a couple years? Yeah, you know. Maybe a, next year. Uh, maybe more realistically, 2020. Yeah, I'm not there with you on next year. But but in a couple years, that would be the hope. That would, that's the whole mm-hmm. plan, right? Because then you're going to be into year four or five. and so um, that, you should be, you that should be by that point, Doogie. That is the whole idea yeah. behind this youth movement, that Absol- take your yes. lumps, learn next couple years and then in that third year with this group and then the guys you supplement with you take a big leap so that's their plan now whether it happens or not you know when you look at Wisconsin and these other programs that are just doing it year after year there's something to be said about continuity and just having your program and you know an identity yeah but Wisconsin exactly. and and the Wisconsin almost lost it they almost
3: lost it anderson came in with a bad hire with yeah. it was a bad hire came in with the idea that he was going to bring the west coast to Wisconsin That style of football, which was moronic. The weightlifting program, I guess, went to hell. Yeah. But they identified it quickly. Mm -hmm. And they cut it off and said, oh, no, 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 this is a bad idea. Uh, What do you guys think? Now, I'm going to sort of defend Fleck here. Because, you know, for guys my age, the bluster gets to be old. And I totally get it. I get why kids like it. But the difference between Fleck and Brewster, we're told, and I will believe this until it's proven not true, is that, Tim Brewster was full of BS, but just couldn't coach football. PJ Fleck actually came here with a reputation as a really good coach and an off, an offensive mind. Uh, but in his defense, he has to have the right personnel to begin to even run that. Yeah. So wh- where do you guys think we are starting with Chip on how close he is to be to being able to show us what he can do from an X's and O's standpoint,
1: which ultimately is going to be yeah. extremely important. I've said this from day one that you don't do what he did at Western Michigan if you can't coach. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. Ha- you don't get lucky and go to the Cotton Bowl. It doesn't work that way. At a program like that, it doesn't have – we know he can coach. <clears throat> to me, the question is, we know he can coach, but can he win here? That's all we don't know. We know he can coach. Last year, what they trotted out at some of those positions on offense was not even close to Big Ten caliber, and that's not his fault. It's just sort of the hand he was dealt in terms of the quarterback and wide receivers, but <clears throat> those last two weeks was an abomination – in terms of the personnel and what they they had no chance of succeeding. And so you got to give him a couple of years to get players that he fits his style. He's an aggressive recruiter. Let him recruit and see what he brings in and then make that determination in year 5. How what is the ceiling for PJ's? Is he going to be able to, you know, come through on what he said in terms of building a sustainable program? And so I think it's going to take at least a couple full years of his recruiting before you really know what the ceiling is. But this whole idea of, oh, he can't coach, he's stop. Right. Stop. Right. Well, it's, it's not fair. Not, it's, it's not, not fair. even a conversation. It's not yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
2: I'm with you on that. It's not fair. Now, they need to maintain health. I mean, last year, Tyler Johnson gets hurt. Jared Weiler, their best offensive lineman, gets hurt. So if they maintain their health, they have a chance. I mean, the offense doesn't have to do much this year to be better than last yeah, it's year. it's a low bar.
1: You know, it's a very low
2: bar. So I think the offense those, is going to be better this <laughs> year. the last
3: two games indicate that. Yes. If five completed
2: passes. Correct. But to answer your question. Where's Mitch Leitner when you need him? Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're a couple years away from that. We are. But I'll also say this. Having an NFL running back, Rodney Smith will play in the NFL. I don't know if he's a fourth-round pick, a seventh-round pick an undrafted free agent, but he is going to play in the NFL. Yep. I think having a running back like that can mask some issues. But I still think, to answer your question, I still think we're about two years away from, from seeing what Kirk Chirac and P.J. Flack really want to do on offense.
3: Go for record predictions and also some Vikings talk when we come back from the fair. It's Judd, it's Doogie, it's Chip, it's hour one of Mackey and Judd. Put that all together.
0: Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN. Joe Mackie, Judd Zolgad. You go low, I'll go high. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
3: All right, from the great Minnesota get-together, it's uh, Zolgad. uh, Darren dookie Wolfson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, joining me for the first two hours up here on stage. Intern Max with me, James Murphy back in studio, and uh, Chip Scoggins making his weekly appearance on a Thursday from 9 to 10, and it's perfect timing this time because college football kicks off tonight for the Gophers, and Chip is the biggest college football fan, I think, that I know. Your boss, Glenn, might, might be <laughs> as big as you because he travels a lot on his own dime, but I, I've always said this, too. I'm envious of both of you because you have a love for college football that I,
1: that I would like to be able to have, but I just don't know. Yeah, I've grown up here with Gopher football.
3: It, it's just not possible.
1: Yeah, I, I know I'm a little romantic when it comes to it, but that's what I yeah. I grew up in Tennessee and that's what we we didn't have but, well we had professional sports, but, but I Braves. admire that. <laughs> Braves didn't And you know? I'm not kidding you. Yeah. And it's so it's you know <clears throat> there's something special about a Saturday afternoon on campus when you know when there's a football game Especially and Especially when Peyton's under Senate. Yeah, when Peyton's there or you know, <laughs> the big orange I mean it's just uh, everything about it to me, I mean I it's by far my favorite sport. Um and and that's you know, you, you hope at some point, just as a, as a college football fan, that it could have some semblance of that attachment in this market. It's always going to be hard in a pro market because there's so many other competing interests, and the Vikings are so dominant. Um, and so, you know, the the Gophers are always going to have that challenge of trying to, you know, find their niche and their way and, and you know, their audience here. Um if you win, it happens. I mean, it just will. And then and then you don't skip generations. And I always say, mm-hmm. go to 10-year-old, 12-year-old, whenever they start playing football, and ask those kids, you know, would you rather be a gopher or a viking? And I bet most of them say viking right now, right? Well, if you do that in the south, it's, like, I want to play for the Vols yeah. or I want to play for Bama, you know, and so it's just different. And so that's – got to sort of they, – they face that challenge of, of you know, identifying with fans and, and creating an emotional attachment with them.
2: I think it would help, Judd. Have you been to, whether it's, you know, Neyland Stadium or have you been to Notre I've, Dame? I mean, I've selfishly, to, as somebody who's been to Tennessee, Notre Dame, just Camp Randall, Michigan. Basically I mean, me. even Camp am, Randall for Jump Around yeah, I've been there for that. is really cool. Kinnick Stadium, I mean, right. having a chance to travel around right. to some of
1: – the traditional but I want powerhouses buzz. but i want a buzz or better in the atmospheres
2: than what we've seen here traditionally <laughs> yeah. that would help your fandom you know, i think you know
1: when they will arrive and i understand why people say this cuz i'm not criticizing people and this is a common thing you hear particularly this year man their schedule stinks they play nobody good well in in different places you wouldn't care if they played a middle school team you're going to go like i when, when we were at tennessee non conference I, I bet I didn't know they're playing that Saturday. Well, you're just going. You go to the game because you're you're going to watch the Vols. And I always think, Well, are you going to root for the other team? Why, why does it matter? Why would you want to go watch your, the home team? And so that's when this program will arrive when people will not say, Ah, boy, well, they don't play anybody good. I'm not going to go to game. No, you go to the game because that's what you do. That's right. that's that's part of your, your. It's ingrained in you. You're going to the college football game, and that's that's where they need to get to that point. But I understand people because they. They need something else to get him into the stadium right now because there's a history of losing here. This is going to be a
3: really sad thing to say, and, and it's
1: pathetic, but I'm okay with that. I
3: just want the Northwestern pop-up season. Like, I would take that. Yeah. 95, right? When yeah, Northwestern,
1: had two, They had two.
3: Right, But and they had been just off the charts awful. I mean, mm-hmm. awful. And Gary Barnett got there, and they popped up for two years. That's just what I – I just want a taste of – and I don't need – and I'm not saying that I need – a college football playoff Rose Bowl appearance, but let's say it's a year that the Rose Bowl is not part of the playoff, and the Gophers, in two years, as Doug said, make some type of run. That to me, I would just love to see that. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I have, mean, that would be I a start. I don't know what that would be like.
2: It would be great. Yep. I well, mean, trust me, it's my alma mater, so, you know, I can be biased on this one. Yeah, I'd love to see it, but why can't you strive for more? Why can't you no, strive I'm saying, to be I, but I'm saying that's Michigan how. State, for example? I don't, Look at yeah. them in the Big Ten East with That'd Michigan, Ohio yeah. State, Penn State. Yet Michigan State now has had a pretty long, sustained run of of high-level success. So why can't you aim to be that instead of just the
1: random well, pop-up season? I think that's what P.J. Fleck's doing. <laughs> I think that's where his aim is. And, you know, we got a taste of it, Judd when Kiel took him to the Citrus Bowl. And it's a Citrus Bowl. It's a nice bowl. It's a January 1st bowl. It's yeah. not, you know, one of the... Now, remember, they got lucky because... They lucky. They had, yeah, lucky. The standings everybody. changed.
2: Nobody had yeah. played. Then yeah. all of a sudden, the BCS standings yeah. changed. And they needed help somebody jumped. There. They needed help to get there. Barry Alvarez, by the way, was the driver of that bus. Correct. So, whatever yeah. you want to think about Wisconsin and Barry Alvarez, Alvarez was a big part of the Gophers playing in their first New Year's Day bowl game yeah. in, what, 50-something years. Yeah,
1: but what I was getting at is, we saw a taste of what fans would be like. Because, you know, I was down for that game, yeah. and the turnout was incredible. Mm-hmm. Now, that might have been a lot of snowbirds and people that were vacationing in Florida. It doesn't matter. But it was yep. it was a great atmosphere down there. They they drew well. It was a fun week. And so you sort of got a sense that it was just a little glimpse of it. But if they ever became, like, a consistent winner, you know, this is a bandwagon town like any other is, and especially when it's a university where there's a lot of alums here, people would jump on board. The closest that I can recall
3: in the last 10 years or so of games I've been to was the opener a few years back under kill against TCU. That was a fun night. High-profile opponent. Mm-hmm. They, play, they lost but played well. And the stadium, and, and this is the thing that has been so rare in, in TCF Bank Stadium since it opened in 2009. There was an actual buzz there that night. Mm-hmm. Like there was a college football buzz. And you see that and you're like, this is really fun. Yeah. Like this is. It's different than a Vikings buzz. It's it's really different than a pro sports buzz, and that's what I would love to see captured for an entire season, where teams come in and there's that anticipation of the game well, that's, itself. Yeah,
1: the anticipation. I used to feel, you know, in in school at Tennessee, that anticipation for Alabama the whole week. That's all you talked about. Starting Monday, you're talking about it with, with with kids in class, and you're you know you're hanging out in the dorm, and you're talking about. I mean, it just and it just built the whole week and. There's nothing like it, and that's why, you know, I just feel like that's missing here, and and you hope it gets to that point where you have that buzz all week and it's building and you're talking about the other team and tailgating and everything. Um, See, that's my romantic side coming out there. (laughs) Uh, No, I like it, though. I admire it. I I hope it, you know, as long as I live here, I hope it gets to be that point because it's fun when you have a big game anticipation all week for a college football game.
2: I mean, we had it in 14. I was there. I'll never forget it. 2014, Gophers at Wisconsin. Yeah. You beat Wisconsin. You win the Big Ten West. They are <laughs> up 17-3 to at the half. Yep. And they lost the game. Well,
1: and I, and I go back to think about Michigan Week 03, and people don't want to f- think about the game, but think about yeah, Michigan 03 this, this town yeah. felt like it, right? Mm-hmm. This town felt like it was about to take off and explode for Gopher football, and you felt it all week. That's what I'm talking about, to have that every week, right? Yep. And it's not always going to be a big game every week, but to have that – that excitement and buzz in town about a big game, we felt it. To me, since I've been here, i moved here in 2000, that was more than any other time, that, that moment, that week. What,
2: what about what 2000, though? Remember the headline in your paper, Smell the Roses yeah, yeah. after they had won at where? Ohio State. <laughs>
1: Never. You mean against against the kiss Deanna.
3: of death? You mean the kiss of death? Did you write that headline?
1: I don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We never talk about that. Dude, uh, in that in that game that you just brought
2: up, I was actually in the Badger student section at Camp Randall Stadium, so that was uh, that was a good experience for me. Yeah, was, I was there with a few buddies. Actually, I blew it that weekend. Packers Patriots was the next day, and my buddy. Yeah. My buddy had an extra ticket, and I said, no, I better get home to the family. How stupid was I yeah, pretty to pass stupid. on yeah. Packers Patriots <laughs> right the next day at Lambeau Field? But, yeah, I mean, I was so, just, I was so emotionally drained after, after the Gophers blew that game. But, yeah, James, we were, we were across from the student section, so we were behind the other end zone, kind of in the corner, about 20 rows up.
3: Uh, schedule prediction time, boys. Okay. Let's do it. Tonight, New Mexico State, start with Doogie Chip, and then I will give you my prediction.
2: Win, I just don't know if it's by the 17 with the point spread or if it's by 14 it does, or if yeah, it's by win. 21,
3: but they win by at least two scores, if not three or four. We all agree win. that that's yep. a, a win. Uh, it gets a little bit dicier,
1: Fresno State, than Saturday, September 8th. Chipper? <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's a flip of the coin, and I, I hate to chicken out, but I, I want to see tonight, but I, I'll i say win now. Okay. Doogie? I will say loss. That's what I'm saying, too. I think
3: you lose that game. Well-coached team, and like Chip said, if the quarterback is back, that's going to make a difference. And he is back, yep. Miami of Ohio to end the non-conference season. Win. Win. All right, we all agree that's a win, so they are 2-1 and one after non-conference instead of 3-0 and oh, like last year. Are uh, you open at Maryland
1: Big Ten play? Uh, Maryland's a mess. They're probably going to be surprised if the coaches fired before them, but I I think that's a loss.
2: All right. I mean, they have some good players. They brought in some pretty good recruits. But, yeah, I mean, that program is such a wreck right now. Yep. And just, I mean, just a tragedy with, with the young man passing away. So I just don't know. It's hard to have a vibe, but I guess if you're asking me right now,
3: the old gun to the head. Put it as an L. I would agree. I think if I think if had more experience, and that game's in November, it might be a win. Yeah. But asking a freshman quarterback to win on the road that quickly it's in big time play stuff. Yeah. Iowa here, October the sixth, loss. All right, Iowa loss. Doogie, I will say loss. I agree with that. <laughs> October thirteenth, you get to go to the horseshoe. Loss. <laughs> I, I'm just going to mark that for yeah. loss for all of us. There. I'm not going to ask. Okay, You'll love sorry.
2: this. Our news director emailed because you know we, being ABC, have a bunch of those prime time yes. you know, 7 <laughs> o'clock Saturday night football games. She, she, she's like, is there a chance Gophers Ohio State
3: could <laughs> be a prime time? I
2: said, Ann, we don't have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, that's not going to be. Yeah.
3: You're not going to be preempting <laughs> news that night. Uh, at, uh, you go from at Ohio State on the 13th to the following Saturday at Nebraska. Loss. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that would be a loss. And that is a loss for me as well. Uh, a Friday night game. God bless television. Fox Sports 1 at TCF Bank Stadium, the Indiana Hoosiers, October 26th.
1: I hate Friday night games. That's That should be for high school football. The Big Indiana. Ten is just a money grab, but that's a win.
2: All right. That would be a win. And I'll tell you this much. It's unfortunate that the Gophers have seven home games this year and only five yeah. are on Saturday. So, yeah. you know, a few minutes ago you talked about you know, the romantic side of college football and Saturdays and all that.
3: They only have five Saturday games. Oh, Friday night games, complete BS. That, yeah. That's a win. It's not their fault. It's that's a big a win. ten No, right, but, right, yeah, right, That's but, a win. But I have right. it as a win. It's complete greed. So we we got three wins on that one. We all agree. Uh, they go to Illinois to open November. Win. I would hope that's a Win. Lovey Smith will be in his last year. That's a win. That's a that's Lavelle's a, trying disaster. to sell me on
2: Illinois being better Illinois, this year, but Illinois that better be. Well, a they win did the, the same
1: disaster. thing Brewster did. I mean, or Brewster did the same thing that Fleck is doing. He, they uh, uh, Lovie played. I mean, they played like seventeen freshmen last year. It's absurd how many true freshmen they played. But I still think. I they're think bad. Fleck
3: really cares. I have serious reservations that yeah, about yeah. Lovey. I think I think Lovie might be taking the Tubby path of Hey, it's nice to get a paycheck, isn't yeah. it?" Uh, Purdue
1: on November the 10th I'm at CCF
2: Bank
3: Stadium.
1: You know, I think, you know, I like Brom. I think Purdue's ascending, but I, I'm going to call that a win.
2: Okay. They are ascending.
1: Yeah.
3: I'll go loss. Okay, so Doogie loss. I w- will go loss as well. Although, I- I've seen a couple things saying that Purdue might take a step back, so Chip might be right there. Uh, Northwestern in the uh, penultimate game of the regular season. Loss. That game is
2: here, here. here. there. Here. It's here. Sorry. You know what? I have them at more than four wins, so I guess I need to come up with a fifth somewhere. So how about W? Okay, I am going to give that one a
3: loss, and then you go to Wisconsin to end the season, and you haven't beaten them since two thousand three. Yep. Do we all agree that's a loss, Doogie? Yep. That would be a loss. So I got them at yeah. six and six. I think. Yeah. One, two, three. Yep.
2: Yep. You've six, got six and six.
1: Six and six, and I don't feel good about the Fresno State if they lose that I think five and seven. But I. I
2: I think they win. I mean, I'll tell you this much. In May, somebody very much involved with the program told me, hey, just bear with us. I just don't think we're going to be that good this year. My understanding is after they went through all these August practices, they have a healthier opinion about their chances than they did coming out of spring ball. (laughs) So maybe that puts them in that six-win range, but I think they fall just short, so they get to five. But I'm telling you, I do think they have a legitimate chance, maybe more realistically in two years, Not next year. But Mm -hmm. I love a lot of these young players. I really do. So it's not like I'm off the P.J. Fleck bandwagon saying five wins this year. I think they have a chance to be pretty good next year and the year after. But I just don't think this is going to be a great year.
1: That is under the assumption that they hit it right with the quarterback.
2: Well, I mean, they're bringing in two more next year. But the, it, but if and you I love start, the kid from Eden Prairie. I'm biased. I like Cole a lot personally. The thing
1: is, though, if you have to start over again next year, you're going through another sure. year growing pains. Yeah, and then yeah. So well, that's I'm, why
3: that's why this is an important mm-hmm. year. To and th- that kinda. that comes back to my question: When can you install your offense? Well, like like at, in its totality. Yeah. So not bits and pieces. Not all of it. Right. But, but right. But 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 if you're right, Chip, and eventually you hit on that quarterback. Then by his second year or so, it all can go in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, so Chip says 6-6 six and six for the Gophers. Doogie says 5-7. and seven. I say 4-8. and eight. Uh, Let's come back and wrap things up by talking about uh, the purple. How about that? It is uh, Mackey and Judd Zolgad, Darren Doogie-Wolfson, Chip Scoggins for our 1, uh, 1500 ESPN
0: from the State Fair. Sit tight. The Mackey and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackey and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. I listen to the sweetest accordion I've ever heard. The Great Minnesota Get-Together on 1500 ESPN.
3: All right, final uh, segment of the 9 o'clock hour with uh, Chip Scoggins. It's uh, Judd and Doogie. Until 11 o'clock today, Manny Hill will be in from 11 uh, to 1. Boys, let's wrap up with uh, some discussion of the Purple. They will play their fourth preseason game tonight. For the most part, I don't care one bit. Um, but this will, uh, this will then lead into actually what's a pretty important day, which will be final cuts uh, down to 53 on Saturday now that they all come at one time. Do either of you expect any surprises when we see the 53-man uh, late Saturday <laughs> afternoon, early Saturday evening? I mean, would Kendall Wright be a surprise at this point? Mild, I think you could probably could
1: say. I think he now makes it. I that. think he makes it because of the I don't think the, the receiving depth no, is that good well, at all. I mean, it, think in about fact, it. I, don't, I know it's not. It's I, not. Say I don't think. I mean, we, we talked about it before, but, yeah, you have probably one of the top few, if not the best, uh, wide receiver duo in the NFL. And then what? I mean, it is a bunch of question marks after that. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out and who they try. I mean, I think B.B. probably makes it now. Um, he
2: won't play tonight. He's missed practice this week. But, yeah, I mean, nobody's jumped up. I no. mean, Zilstra, Coley. Coley's well, it, not going to play again tonight. He's been hurt
1: pretty was, much the last four weeks. Yeah, and how much time did Zilstra miss, too? I mean, so. if you had
2: asked me two weeks ago, I thought Kendall Wright absolutely wasn't going Correct. to make it. No special teams flexibility. But at this point. Who the heck is taking a job from him? I don't know if there's really a surprise. You know, look at some guys. Like, I think Terrence Newman's in. I think Brian Robinson is in. So I Mm -hmm. guess if either got released, I guess that would qualify as a surprise. I mean, if J-Ron Kirst got let go, would that surprise you? No. I don't know if there is a guy that that I would be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I still think there's a trade to be made. I mean, they're deep at defensive back. You think about Anthony Harris. Played well last year when he had to start in that Rams game played a couple years ago against Arizona. I mean he's shown some things in regular season games. Would somebody give up I keep my depth there, dude. A backup yeah. wide receiver or a backup offensive line for Anthony Harris. I still think what I'm saying is I still think there's a trade to be made.
3: I think you're I think what you're gonna see is a Sunday or Monday move where I would not be surprised one bit if they claim a receiver off the wire and and if that that receiver has special teams ability and that triggers a, a move. Because the depth at yeah. that, that it's hard though when you're other, so low in the waiver priority it, it is the other question that I've got as well about that spot is this where's Treadwell at where's number three Treadwell at? Yeah, right, I mean, he's, probably, right, but I mean is he's, he, he's your number three is he making but is he making progress enough where if if Diggs or thielen go down you trust him now is he still at a point where where he's certainly going to make the team I get that yeah. but you still don't trust him I don't have any <clears throat> real feeling for where well, this kid is at
1: I think the, the trust level probably increased, but you, not to the level of what you, production you're getting. I mean, I don't think you can assume you're not going to suffer in production-wise. And so that's um, that's a concern. I mean, they're thin there, and there were jobs there to be had. And the fact that no one really jumped up and and separated themselves throughout camp is, I don't know if alarming is the right word, but it's, um, you know, I, I wouldn't disagree with you that I bet they're going to try to bring in some kind of veteran that can play special teams. And then, because all those guys we mentioned, you can get them on the practice squad and then elevate them throughout the year. At I SDB. agree. Chad so, BB even. You can get him on practice I don't
2: on. think New England's claiming him. I'm sorry. I think you can get him through waivers. <laughs> I do. That was Mackey
3: just spreading that through. <laughs> he just kept But then others that.
2: hopped in on that, and yeah. so then people started to take it seriously. I think you can get BB through waivers. They do want him here, but I think more logically it makes sense to put him on the practice squad. I mean, I'd also say, I mean, a Treadwell flashed maybe more than he ever has last Friday. B, how often is Treadwell even on the field? But that could change
3: in the blink of yeah. an eye. Is
2: my point? Yeah. The sure. Dylan goes down in
3: practice a couple of days ago, and you're like, "Oh my god, but to if me, something's if wrong there." Dylan or
2: Diggs go down, you're screwed regardless.
3: It shouldn't be like I think that. Those two are, I think those two are that good. Well, they are. But if one goes down, you're not. You're not screwed. You yeah. should be that three. I guess my ultimate point here is that third guy should be able to at least for a to- a period of time, mm-hmm. and it might not be a long one. Step into that role and be somewhat productive. I'm not saying if Diggs or Thielen go down, I'm not trying to imply that Treadwell's going to be them. But you would think that your third guy could at least step in and be
1: productive in that role until the guy who's hurt gets back. At least you're seeing him do something now in games. At least, at least you're seeing some catches now versus him not even getting on the field. So, you know, I, I think the trust level is growing. Is it where they want it to be? You know, probably not. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you lost one of those guys, it would be a big concern for sure.
2: Let me ask you this. If a guy like Zilstra shows something tonight, and I'm with you, all three of us will be at the Gopher game tonight. We're not tuning in to this meaningless preseason game because the starters, my understanding is just about every starter – won't play. The yeah. only thing interesting about tonight for me is Brett Jones will play. I was told he'll play center and guard tonight, so I'm curious to watch the new Vikings offensive lineman play tonight. Your opening day center, right there. Maybe. Yeah. And then eventually, this, I think maybe left thing? guard. Yeah. yeah, I think they're gonna. Yeah, have to but turn. maybe against San Francisco. And then left guard, yes. But yeah. if a guy like Zilstra shows something tonight, yep. how much stock do you put into that?
1: Well, if they're if they're unsettled. This could be a tiebreaker tonight. A lot, potentially. I mean, if they're unsettled, why not? I mean, because no one's really differentiating himself, at least from ARP. I mean, they, internally, they may have already made up their minds, but if, if we're going to an assumption that they're still evaluating, not sure who it is, I, I think that could be a tiebreaker.
3: Offensive line, still, though, yeah. to me, is the absolute key here. The off- You've got, because you've got a quarterback you absolutely positively have to protect, and if you don't, all hell breaks loose. There's no backup plan there. There's no like, well, Kirk, if if there's pressure, he can scramble. I mean, that that's the one thing the case could do. And and I've said repeatedly, I am, I was all in on the decision to sign Cousins and to go away from Case. But that being said, that was also predicated on the fact that you've got to protect this What's guy. What's your panic level with Elfline at this point? Uh, it's about a seven or so. It's it's that it's two surgeries, not one. Yeah. I don't know. They're not forthcoming. And, and and I get that now, but the flip side to that is, then we get the right to speculate and panic completely. And he hasn't practiced. Yeah, right. But I mean, the the thing that teams, I think the thing that teams don't understand when they say we're not going to t- tell you a thing is that only fuels speculation that something's really wrong. Mm-hmm. Like they don't then get the right to say you can't speculate. Yeah. They can say that, and I can say bleep you. <laughs> Unless you're going to tell me what's wrong, I'm going to panic because my assumption is it's so bad that you're not telling me.
2: Yeah. I think so, it's hard to be forthcoming, though, and and i because I think they them. thought I really do. I think they thought that he'd be back by now. I think you're well, right. That, so was it a setback or That's, just and just which he one is he it? Recovered
1: differently than others, and which one is yeah, it? Yeah, shoulder the, or the shoulder, yeah. Or the ankle. Well, based on the way they talked at the beginning, I think beginning, it's the shoulder. Of, yeah. But
2: you're right. I mean, those questions are out.
1: There. Yeah, the based based on the way they talked at the beginning of the uh, training camp, I don't think they would sit here and think that would be answering questions about when's he nope. coming back or are you going to put him on the pop starting the nope. the season so yeah I mean, And by the way they they're not going to cuz he would have to miss six games. Yeah. That's what people don't get. The the pre-season
3: pup, you can come off at any point, but they were ne- they're never going to put him on the pop because that's a that's a 6 week IR stint. Essentially,
2: it is. But if you like so a guy gonna- like Cornelius Edison enough, yeah, you don't yeah do you it. want to expose him? <laughs> Cornelius I Edison. Think, might I think they like to have him on the, practice the greatest squad. person yeah. on the
3: face of the earth. He might find a cure for cancer. <laughs> I don't want him playing center, protecting Kirk Cousins on September ninth. Like yeah, neither do seconds, they after it? they traded for
2: Jones. But yeah. but they like him enough to have him on the practice squad. So is it is it worth? The six weeks no. to keep a guy like Edison? No. no, no, it's not. Not even close. Okay. Thank yeah, you, I Chipper. Right.
3: Yeah. All right, boys. See you at the stadium. All right, Chipper. Chips Scoggins, we'll check, out, check out his work, uh, StarChampune, StarChampune.com. He's got a Gophers story on the website in the paper today. He will be covering Gophers New Mexico State uh, tonight. We're going to come back, Doogie. We're going to allow you to scoop us Ooh. for as long as you possibly want when we get back from the State Fair.
0: Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On 1500 ESPN.